Ohio right now, and we read the readings, and we thank the Lord Jesus Christ for the mind that you have to come. Thank you. We want you to turn your Bibles right now to Philippians, the second chapter. We're going to begin at, hallelujah, the ninth verse, and we're going to be reading through the eleventh verse. Philippians, we're going to be looking at Philippians 2, chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. It reads, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess, hallelujah, that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Our context is going to be coming from Psalms, the ninth chapter, in verse 10. Which says, and they that know thy name yes. will put their trust in thee. Yes. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. We look at the word know. I had my son to sing that song because we're going to be talking much today about the mind. And when you say you know something, mm -hmm. like I. I know that that Mother Francis Talbot that sits there. I know that that Deacon Arnold Kennedy is sitting there. I know them. I know their names. I have identified or I have singled them out from everyone else that's in here to know them. Yeah. All right. When one speaks about that one knows something or someone, one is saying that I perceive or that I understand as fact. I am certain about something. This is what it means to say I know. <coughs> it also means to say that you have fixed in your mind or memory as from experience or study. It's something that's there in your mind or in your memory because of the fact that you've experienced this thing or because you studied it. That's what it means when you say, I know or I understand something. It says that when we think about understanding, we're thinking about something you see clearly. You grasp the importance of it. You see it clearly because you see it as something necessary, as something that is important. That's what it means when you say, when somebody says, I know something, I am saying to you that it is fixed in my mind or within my memory because of an experience that I've had. So therefore, I see it clearly, the importance of it. I see the importance of this thing. This is what I'm saying when I say I know whatever it is I know. Yeah. All right. When we think about a name, a name is a word or group of words by which a person or a place or an idea is known. That's what a name is. 
everything is usually given a name so that we can single it out and tell a difference from that thing to another thing. All right, the scripture says that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It says that they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, O Lord, hast not forsaken that people. I, I think about when I first came through and like, because it's been a privilege. It's a privilege because it's an opportunity afforded to some and not to all. When I came through those doors, those doors were red that day. And thanks to our brother Strickland, we had the mind, the Lord gave him a mind to pay them brown, and we thank the Lord for that. But the privilege of coming in through those doors, I first came in here and I had been in AME all of my life. I then, when I, the Lord gave me the mind to really start searching for him, I went into the A.M.E. Zion Church, then I went into the Adventist Church, and you know I was searching and trying to seek and find Jesus. I didn't know that's who I was trying to find, but I was searching for something, right? And the Lord gave me the mind to come through those doors, you know, through the prayers of my friend Elder Williams, and you know, through the prayer, through the prayer that Jesus prayed for me in the Garden of Gethsemane. Hallelujah! I can start there. Yeah, Hallelujah! Because He prayed for me. Yes. When I came into the doors there, I was just so fascinated because everybody in the church, and it wasn't only about 15 people, they were talking about Jesus. They were standing giving testimony to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, very rarely did I hear them say God, or, you know, about the, they said the Lord Jesus Christ. They said Jesus is good. I love Jesus. They were just exalting the name of Jesus because it was fixed in their mind. The experience that they had had with Jesus, hallelujah, and they saw the importance of exalting that name. And that fascinated me. You know, because you go to churches and yes, people will talk about God is good. And I know the Lord. But seldomly, think about it. Do you hear the name of Jesus just ringing out from everywhere? Hallelujah. But just like the four corners Oh, you just Jesus. And I said in my mind, these people are really glad about Jesus. Yes. I didn't understand it. But I, the Lord gave me that much of an understanding. I could see that, you know, they were exalting the name of Jesus. Yes. I mean, you know, I said, I love Jesus. But I never really heard anybody stand up and talk about yes. just Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Yes. yes, and then we had a young man to come here who, you know, comes occasionally. And he sang a song, and he said the Lord had given him this song, and he said the Lord gave him the mind to finish the song once he got in here. And he heard the name of Jesus being exalted over and over again, and I don't know, the word says it becomes a rock of offense. Yeah. Hallelujah! It becomes a stumbling block and a rock of offense to some people. Okay? And he said this song, sang, sang the song, and I didn't know whether it was geared at us, you know, as a derogatory thing or not. I didn't take it as derogatory, because I was glad about it. Yeah. I know who he is. Yeah. And he's the, word, the name of the song was, Do You Know Him? 
or do you just know his name? Mm. That was the name, and he said the Lord gave him the end of that song, the end part, those words that said, or do you just know his name? Because see, when he came through those doors, he heard, hallelujah, the name of Jesus being his yeah. Giving honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. That's what he heard when he came in. All right. He heard Jesus is good. Jesus is a good God. That's what he heard, hallelujah. So, you know, he ended his song, do you know him? Or do you just know him? Okay, and I'm going to answer that for you today. So you're going to answer it for yourself too. It says, the question is, do you know him? Or do you just know his name? It says, one cannot have fixed in the memory or mind because of experience that Jesus is the eternal life giver except they see clearly the importance of the name. All right. You may, and I can't say that people will say, oh, I know the Lord. They'll tell you that. And they'll say, yes, Jesus is good. Or the Lord is good. God is good. They'll tell you that. And they can tell you that because he is. Mm -hmm. Matthew 5, 45 says, for he maketh the sun <laughs> to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just those that have been declared righteous right. by his blood, you know, and on the unjust. Right. The sun, you know, it doesn't make any difference whether you are a murderer or whether you are a saint. It shines on you, hallelujah. Yeah. The rain comes down and waters your garden, whether you've been baptized in Jesus' name and have called his name to receive the Holy Ghost or not. He reigns on the just and the unjust. In Luke 6.35 it says, For he is calm. Jesus is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah! You people don't always have a mind to get up and say, Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah! They don't have that mind. Right. Yes, and they can't help it. Right? But it says he's kind to them. So I could not, when I answered the question, it says, One cannot have fixed in the memory or mind because of experience. Yeah. That Jesus is the eternal life giver, except they see the importance of the name. You can't have that experience. You may know that Jesus is good, because he reigns on you just like he does anybody else. He, you know, you could be as evil and unthankful as you want to be. He reigns, he, the sunshine, he's good and kind to you too. It says, we look at 1 Corinthians 13 and 2, and it says, And though I have the gift of prophecy, you know, people are able to tell things that happen in the future. You know, they're able to teach people. Tell them about who Jesus is. Yes, they're able to do that too. It says, and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, it says I am not. So yes, you have people out here who the Lord Jesus Christ, because they believe that he said, Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. And they've asked him to heal their bodies. He's done it. He's done it. But see, it says, if I have not changed, and the word says God is love, if I don't have love living down on the inside of me, hallelujah, I am not. You can have all faith, so people can tell you, that. oh, yes, I believe. So what? The devils believe it. They can tell you that I have all knowledge, I can prophesy. I have faith that I can remove mountains. Yes, you may do that. Yeah. Hallelujah. But if it's not to eternal life, uh -huh. you're nothing. 
Yeah. It profited you nothing. So this is why we say to the question, do you know him or do you just know his name? Mm -hmm. No, you cannot know him except you see clearly mm -hmm. the importance of the name. Jesus. We're going to, I remember I was at a workshop not long ago in the city of Philadelphia, and there was a presenter in the workshop, and she, you know, was a doctor, and she came in to tell us about the brain, the mind. I told you we're going to be talking about the mind today. And she was telling us that in our brains, our brains, if you could visualize them, and I brought something out that you can visualize, have like file folders in it. It's like you have file folders in your head. And things in your head are categorized. You put things, you retrieve things from, take things out of that folder in your mind when you need it. Yeah. But as information goes into your mind, it's placed in a folder. Hallelujah. And today I'm going to open up three folders in your head. Or you're going to open them up. You're going to open up the folder that says and label it who Jesus is. Because everybody don't know who Jesus is. You're going to have a folder too that says, well, who am I? Myself. Who am I? What am I? Folder two. Label. In your folder three, you're going to say, or put on there, label that thing, seeing clearly the importance of the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So you got three folders that I'm going to put information into. I want you to follow along in, in your Bibles with me, and I'm going to move slowly, you know, not too quick, swiftly, because I want you to place them in those folders where they belong so that when you need to retrieve it, and today is the day of salvation, yes. hallelujah, yes, today is the day, you can pull it out. Yes. You'll know where it goes, because many times when we say things to people, we don't really remember those things so well, but when I see it, I remember even more, and when I experience it, Oh, yes. I, you know, I know all of it. I understand. When I experience, I understand. Okay? We're going to be looking at the first folder that says, Who Jesus is. And it said to us that in Psalms 9 and 10, and this is going to go into that folder that's talking about who Jesus is. 9 and 10, which was our context, said, And they that know thy name, they that have fixed in their mind and in their memory because of the experience that they have had with the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are going to put their trust in him. It says, For thou, Lord, hath not forsaken them that seek thee, that search for Jesus. He's not forsaken. It says, when we think about the word Lord, that's the English. This is, this is the English language that we speak in. We are seeing, you've heard people talk about Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm -hmm. Well, Jehovah is the Jewish word for the English word Lord. Amen. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. In English, we call him the Lord. Mm -hmm. The Jews call him Jehovah. Mm -hmm. None of us are in here as Jews. Mm -hmm. We are all English-speaking Gentiles. Yeah. Black people today. Yeah. Right? Amen. All right. So, the word Lord is the English word for the Jewish word Jehovah. Amen. And it means the self-existent one. It means he that is he, mm -hmm. who is, therefore, the eternal I am. Right. He that is he, yeah. 
who is therefore the eternal I am. The self-existent one who continuously and increasingly reveals himself. That's what the word Lord means. And the scripture, your, your scripture today says that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Hallelujah! That Jesus Christ is the self-existent one that continuously and increasingly reveals himself. Hallelujah! We look into the Old Testament. And we're still talking about who Jesus is. We're going all the way back to the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah many times is called the fifth gospel because of the fact that it tells the birth the life teaching and the death of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So many times when you hear somebody talk about the fifth gospel and they say you can tell them, oh yes, I know what that is. Mm -hmm. That's the book of Isaiah. Isaiah. And it's written in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Okay, in Isaiah 45, in verse 21, it says, we're looking at now who the Lord is. Mm -hmm. The self-existent one who continuously and increasingly reveals himself. If we go on down within the verse in Isaiah 45 and 21, it says, Who hath told it from that time? Mm -hmm. Have not I the Lord, and there is no God else beside me. (laughs) Hallelujah! A just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. This is what the Lord God is telling us who he is. I, the Lord, and there is no God beside me. Hallelujah. A just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. If we looked in in the New Testament, Matthew 121, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sin. The name Jesus means Jehovah saves or the Lord saves. So here it's telling us the Lord and there is no God beside me. Hallelujah, just God and the Savior and there is none beside me. Hallelujah. Isaiah 44 and 6 says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Hallelujah. He said he's the first, he's the last, beside him there is no God. Hallelujah. Isaiah 44 and 8. In that same Chapter comes down to the eighth verse, and he asks the question. Now here's the Lord God asking man a question. Is there a God beside me? He says, yes, there is no God. I know not it. Hallelujah. In 43, Isaiah 43 and 10, he says, before me there was no God for me. Neither shall be there or there be after me. Hallelujah. There won't be any other God. Isaiah 43 and 11 says, I, even I am the Lord, 
He told us that he is the self-existent one. Mm -hmm. He says, and beside me there is no Savior. Mm -hmm. Well, remember in Matthew, she shall bring forth a son, mm -hmm. and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he mm -hmm. shall save his yes. people from their sins. Right. Hallelujah! Yes! And here in 43, 12, and 13, he says, You, and I'm leaving out some of the words at the beginning, Therefore ye are my witnesses, yea, before the day was. Hallelujah! I am you. Before the day was, here the Lord is saying, He was the self-existent one. The one that has no beginning, that has no end, that is the first. That I am the last. Beside me there is no God. I am the Lord. I am the only God. I don't know any other God. Will there be any beside me? If we go on back to the book of Genesis, which means beginning. It says in Genesis 1 and 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. God created the heaven and and the earth. Right. Before the day was, I am he. Right. He says right here in 1 and 31 of Genesis, mm -hmm. and God saw everything that he had made, yes. and behold, it was good. Yes. God created it, and it was good. Yes, yes thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now that we go on over to the New Testament, mm -hmm. and a testament is an agreement. Mm -hmm. God had an agreement with the nation Israel right. in the Old Testament. Right. He has an agreement with whosoever will in the New. Whosoever will in the New. Hallelujah. If we look at St. John, the first chapter, and we see that God has said, Beside me there is no God. Mm -hmm. If there be any other God, I know not him. He says to us, Hallelujah, Jesus. That he is the only Savior. Yes. yes, thank you. We look at John 1 and 1. And it says to us in the beginning. And keep in Genesis in your mind about what happened in Genesis. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Here in Genesis 1 and 1 it says in the beginning was the word. Yes. And we remember we read 2 and 3 and 4. It would tell us and God said let there be light. <laughs> he spoke the world into existence. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. So it says here, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here it says, the same was in the beginning with God. His Word, hallelujah, was there right with Him in the beginning. It says, all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Hallelujah! All things were made by God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. We look down here at the 14th verse, and it says to us, And the Word was made flesh. The Word was God. There was nothing made that was made that God did not make. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It says God was made flesh and dwelt among us. It says, and we 
beheld his glory, yeah. mankind was actually
Well, we feel the balance. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm not worried about, worried about what's on paper. Hallelujah. I'm just worried about whether I'm going to go to jail and have to pay a fine. Yeah. Hallelujah. The real deal. What affects me? Okay. So it says God gave Adam and Eve a direct command. Yes. He said in Genesis 2 and 16, he gave them a law. He said, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Mm-hmm. Every tree that's out there, you can eat that. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, mm-hmm. thou shalt not eat of it. Mm-hmm. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Mm-hmm. The law was given in verse 16. Verse 17 was the pet. You eat, you die. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah! Yeah. Now, just as all of us decide in our own minds, because God did not make robots, and the sixth day. He gave us all the freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And it's up to us, just like he told Adam and Eve, don't eat it, because something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's up to us whether we accept the plan of salvation. Mm-hmm. They decided, they decided, in their own mind, that they did not want to do what God had told them. Mm-hmm. So in Genesis 3, we find that they have disobeyed that law. Mm-hmm. Satan appealed to the lust of the eye, mm-hmm. the lust of your flesh, mm-hmm. and the pride of your life. Those three things, how great I am, how that thing looks, and how it did. The lust of the eye, the pride of life, hallelujah, and the lust of the flesh. Okay? The Satan appeals to them, Mm -hmm. and they just go on with what Satan has to offer. Right? Because they wanted to be as God, knowing good, the difference between good and evil. Mm -hmm. In 3 and 7, we see here how death actually takes place. Mm -hmm. Genesis 3 and 7 is where you see death. Spiritual death actually takes place. Physically, no. Adam and Eve have not died yet because they have gone on and had Cain, Abel, Seth, and a host of other children that are not even mentioned in the scriptures. But they did die. How do I know they died? Because it says right here, and the eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. In the second chapter of Genesis, that last verse there, it tells us how the man and his wife were both naked, but they were not ashamed. When they disobeyed God, they got shaped. So they had to sew together the fig leaves to make themselves aprons. Sin will shame you yeah. every time. It will shame you when you come yeah. yeah. We think about trans. What is sin? Sin is transgression and overstepping of a boundary between good and evil. Yeah. This is what sin is. It says to us, in when we think about it in terms of sin, it says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they did die. They didn't die intellectually or morally because you still know the difference between right and wrong. You still, you know, understand what I'm saying to you. Mm-hmm. You know that thing, what I'm saying to you, whether you accept it or not, you still understand it. Hallelujah. But there's something down in you that's missing. Yes. There's an emptiness, a void down here. I experienced, you know, yes, I, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. But before I was full of the Holy Ghost, I was full of everything else. Thank you. If it was after I was trying to do it. Thank you, Jesus. But he's a great deliverer. Because I could not find any satisfaction. I don't care how much I tried to drink. How many cigarettes I tried to smoke. And the thing with me with, with smoking, a lot of people can keep on smoking. The Lord 
would always let my throat would get real full. <laughs> so then I would have to quit smoking. But then I'd go and try it again, just because I saw somebody and it looked nice. Thank you. Hallelujah. I wanted it to just look good like everybody else, right? Yeah. You just a fool. Hallelujah. Yeah. I was a fool. Hallelujah. I, Satan said, do it. He said, jump it. I said, ah. Thank you. I was a child of disobedience. That boy down in all of our lives. We can all relate to it. That's the nature, that spiritual death that Adam brought for you. Hallelujah. It says to us in Proverbs, and I don't care how much we get. I mean, I had a nice husband. Before he left me after 11 years. <laughs> he left me after 11 years of marriage. And I said, oh boy, this is just too much. How can I deal with that? But you know, before he left me, I was still, you know, trying to, you know, just think that he didn't want me and trying to do this and that and that. I was just still unsaid. But even though I had a nice husband, I didn't have anybody who was trying to run around that I knew of. You know, but I was, you know, trying to dress up and try to go out and try to find some other man. You know, just all, you just a fool, you hear me? Oh, I was just a fool. You know, you just not satisfied. Oh, yeah. Because something is missing. Listen, we can all relate to it. This thing's real. Yes. All it is real. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, hallelujah. So that's why the scripture tells us in Proverbs 27. And we still talk, we're in the ones where it says, Who am I myself? The self, right? It says, Hell and destruction are never full. It says, so the eyes of a man are never satisfied. Girls, yes, I had the purple, the blue, I had the black lipstick. If they had it out there, I had it. Yeah, honey, because I thought I was looking good. Yeah, hallelujah. Yes, you talk about the past, I just didn't like it. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to do it. I was trying, I was trying to satisfy that boy. Now, I was, I thought that because you know you think you you have a husband, you have a job, you have children, you have security, that you're gonna be happy. Hallelujah! The eyes of a man are never satisfied, and it's because, Hallelujah, of that boy, thank you, that Adam put in your life. Psalms 51 and verse 5 says, Behold, I was shaken and in sin did my mother conceive me. I was being, when I was being formed in my mother's womb, I was being formed to do wrong. Hallelujah, Jesus. It says in Psalms 58 and verse 3, it says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. I don't know. This is not to teach Jeffrey how to lie. He'll do it all by himself because it's in him. The lie is in us. Hallelujah. We come here with it. Thank you, Jesus. Ecclesiastes 5, chapter 5, verse 10 and 15, it says, He that loveth silver. Mm-hmm. Shall not be satisfied. You know, you can think you say, oh, yeah, I got gold rings on this finger, this one. And then I'm going to try to put them in my nose. Thank you. Yeah, right? I got one hole. I'm going to try to get my sister got about six of them going up here. But yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, the space up there, she got a hole. Thank you. And Thomas does. You know, you cannot be satisfied. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm telling you the real deal. About my own self. I'm not talking about nobody. I'm talking about me. Yeah, yeah but right. he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Right. Nor he that loveth abundance with 
increase. I don't care how much you get, you're going to still want more. If somebody came in this room right now and told us all that y'all going to become billionaires, all of us will be going trying to see how can I get to. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I know I would. Thank you. Yeah, I'll be trying to invest and find out how to get more. Yeah, this is just the way. We're not going to be in, in satisfied with it because there's something missing, and it's Jesus. It says to us in Psalm 39 and verse 5, it says, Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth. And a handbreadth is about three and a half inches. It's not all of your hands. It doesn't include your fingers. The handbreadth is just like your palm, about four inches long. It says, Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state. Yeah. Now, the best you can ever be. Mm-hmm. The word says it's all together bad. Mm-hmm. It's like a puff of air. When, when Perot leaves here, them beings going to be right here. Thank you. Because he can't take a thing to Nothing can you take with you to the grave. It says in Ecclesiastes 15, it says, as he came forth of his mother's womb, naked, that's how you came out your mother's room. You came out like you didn't come out of any clothes. You came out a liar, right? You came out the wicked. That's how you came out. But you didn't come out with rings and a silver spoon in your mouth. Hallelujah! Yeah, it says, Naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor, which he carried away in his hand. You can't take nothing that you asked for to the grave. And if you took it, ain't nothing you can do with it then. Because your soul is where it's going to be when we look at you talking about you look peaceful. And in a year, if I go look in your coffin, you're going to be some house stuff. Hallelujah. But the real you, the part of you that knows, that feels, that understands what I'm saying to you, the, the real you that experiences, that part of you, that part of you is going to live on eternally somewhere. So this is the purpose that God had to come in the flesh. Everybody don't know who Jesus is. We know now in our file cabinet, right up there in your file folder, you know that Jesus is God. Hallelujah. You know that Jesus was a spirit, but because of sin, hallelujah, he had to manifest himself a body and suffer, bleed, and die for your sins and mine. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. It says that in Hebrews, or we'll go to 1 John first. 1 John, the third chapter, mm-hmm. and 8. We're still, still talking about us a little bit. It says, He that committed sin is of the devil. Mm-hmm. And remember, the scripture says, All that all have sinned mm-hmm. and come short of the glory of God. And he that commits, you do the wrong stuff, and you can't help the wrong stuff you do because you're born in a state or condition of sin. All right? He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. It says, for this purpose, or for this cause, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The wages of sin is death. Death being eternal separation from God in hell's fire, in conscious suffering. That's what death is. It's 
body here. Because the body's going back to the dust from which it was formed. But the real part of you, that's the gift of God. That he came to give you eternal life. And it only comes through Jesus Christ. Who is God? Yes, hallelujah. It says to us that the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And when you think about a son, now let's logically think what a son is. A son is a male child or a person, right? And he's born to a man and a woman. You got to have a father and a mother first before you can become a son. Mm -hmm. It's a male child in its relationship to his father and mother. Well, the scripture tells us when Mary was found with child, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Well, who is the Holy Ghost? Jesus. So Jesus implanted himself in Mary's womb so that he could manifest himself in flesh and blood. Hallelujah. Because it says he was born of a woman under the law. He was born. He says, I've not come to destroy the law or the prophets, but I've come to fulfill and almost all things are by the law purged or cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. Without the shedding of blood is no forgiveness of sin. So God had to shed, manifest himself a body within Mary's body. That's how he is the son. Because blood had to be shed for your sins and mine. The only way it could be done is through a human being. So he just put himself in Mary's body, and he came out a son. He suffered, and he bled, and he died for your sins. It says that he might destroy the works of the The works of the devil being sin, the wages of sin being death. Death being eternal separation from God in hell's fire, in conscience. That's what he came to deliver you from. It says in Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, For as much then as the children, and that's us, are partakers of flesh and blood. All of us in here are flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death, that's the only way it could be done is through his death. He might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the death. The devil had the power of death. It says, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You, you, you know, like, regardless of whether people accept the message of salvation or their souls know. Yeah. Your soul knows that it is not right. Yeah. I told you that's why you're always trying to run around and do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And you're never satisfied with whatever you get. You mm-hmm. think if you got this, I'm going to be satisfied. Nope. No. It won't be that way. Yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's because your soul knows that something is wrong with you. Yeah. And your soul wants to live. Yeah. So therefore, you run around in bondage. He yeah. said all your lifetime. Yeah. But he came to deliver you from it. He doesn't have robots, so he doesn't, he can't make us do anything. It's up to us. Remember the mind, the memory. You have to experience it. You have to see the importance of it. Hallelujah. Before you can say, I know it. Thank you, Jesus. It says in 1 John 5 and 20, and we know that the Son of God is come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true Uh and that we are in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ, 
This is the true God yes. and eternal life. He came to give us an understanding that Jesus is the true God and eternal life. Now we're going to look at the last four. The importance of the name. We know who Jesus is. We know who we are and the condition and state that we come here in. Now we have to see the importance the necessity of knowing the name of Jesus. Because yeah. yeah. you can't know him unless you know his name. Yeah. Unless you've experienced his name. Yeah. It says to us in St. John 20 and 31, and most of us in here have a Bible, right? Yeah. It says, but these are written. This right here, this mm -hmm. Bible was written. Mm -hmm. That she might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing... You might have life through his name. The only way you can get life is through the name of Jesus. The whole Bible is telling me that same thing. On every page, you can almost see it. Hallelujah. Life through the name. The name of Jesus. It says to us in St. John 3, where Nicodemus is asking the Lord Jesus Christ about what he has to do to acquire life. Because he understands his void that's down in his life, and he, you know, he wants to do something about it. Yeah. You know, it's no disgrace to fall. The disgrace is the state. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You don't always know everything. I didn't know when I came through those doors. But I wanted to do something about my condition. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So Nicodemus asked the Lord, what can he do about the condition? And he asked him, he said, he told him, he said, you have to be born again. Yeah. You got to be born again. Yeah. And so he didn't understand that thing. So he asked me, he said, well, can a man, and he was an older man, he wasn't, you know, a baby. He said, can a man enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Right. Hallelujah. He said, no. He said, except the man is born of water right. and of the Spirit, right. he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And that's what he told We know to get physical life, you have to have the meaning of an egg and a sperm. Mm -hmm. If the woman's body is ever so healthy, and she has healthy eggs, and the man's body is ever so healthy, and he has healthy spermicide. If the two of them never meet, physical life never comes into being. Spiritual life is the same. Except you're born of water and of the spirit, yeah. you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And as we learned this morning in the book of Luke, it tells us that the kingdom of God is within us. So the kingdom of God is Jesus Christ. That means you cannot go back with Jesus Christ except you're born of water and of the spirit. Hallelujah. In Matthew 28, 19, of many people that have ever gone into any kind of church, they'll tell you that you have to be baptized. The word of God says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Mm -hmm. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever yes. I have commanded you. When we stop to think about that scripture, the Lord Jesus Christ was talking to those eleven apostles mm -hmm. who were walking with him, and he had there were twelve, but of course Judas betrayed him and hung himself at this time. So when he's getting ready to before he ascends into heaven, he tells them, he says, Go and teach all nations. Yes. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe. When Peter set up, they went to set up the church in the New Testament church in the book of Acts. Peter preached the first sermon in the New Testament church in Acts 2.38. He says, repent. Yeah. Which means to be godly sorry for that yeah. sinful 
sick that you were born and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, it says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The name of Jesus represents the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole or complete again? Nothing but the I gotta be baptized in Jesus' name. I gotta call the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. To receive the Holy Ghost. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says, Neither is there salvation in any For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That the Father might be glorified in the Son. If you ask it in my name, I'll do it. This is why when you come through these doors, we give honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? We don't give honor to the Spirit of Christ. Because no spirit hung on the cross. A man did. You know how you get right cute? You think you say, oh yeah, I heard that. That sounds kind of holy. You hear people getting up testifying saying, giving honor to the spirit of Christ. Well, if you think about it, no spirit hung on the cross. A man did. A man shed his blood. For your sins and mine. So we give honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Revelation 3 and 8, and we're going to close it out after this. It says, I know thy work. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. It says, and no man can shut it. Mr. Singleton was saying, like, it seemed like when they were going through that thing about trying to get their car, doors just kept being shut. Hallelujah, they kept being shut. But the Lord said, he set before us an open door. And no man can shut it. She's driving a car right out there today. Thank you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Why? Why is she drunk? It says, For thou hast a little strength, yeah. and hast kept my word, yeah. and hast not denied my name. So no, I don't say, giving honor to the Spirit of Christ. I ain't giving honor to God. I know who God is. God is Jesus. His name. Somebody, my husband was saying, somebody said, well, what's God's name? So the lady said, God. <laughs> no, no, his name is not God. That's who he is. He is omniscient. He is Omnipresent. He is omnipotent. He is God. He's right? He's the satisfier, the supplier. But his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And we implore you today to, to retrieve from your folder the means of getting right. Because we don't you do not know Jesus. Except you know his name. You do not know Jesus. Except you've called his name to receive the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about one time. You know how a lot of these, lot of these churches just say, just say, if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And the people don't even stop to think of it. It says you shall be. It doesn't say you are. Hallelujah! Because the word says you'll seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. So get off of that thing when somebody tells you, yeah, you might cry. The Lord might have touched you, but you're not saved. Hallelujah. You got to call Jesus. You're going to seek him. With he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will be added to you. Come out. 
The day, today is the day of salvation. Yeah. Not tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised to you. Today is today. I know I've done the cards on the back. It says, some people seek Jesus at the 11th hour and die at 10 o'clock. Hallelujah! Hey! And you don't want to be in that position. Because the Word of God says, when that servant who knew what his Lord's will was mm -hmm. and decided not to do it, and just like Adam and Eve made a decision, don't you make that same gun. Did and knew what the Lord's will was and decided not to do it, it says, that man shall be beat with many stars. That's the word. Hallelujah. Come out from among them and find life. Life is in the name of Jesus. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to call the name of Jesus to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't go with this stuff about people telling you to, um, you know, that you got it. Slapping you upside your head and telling you you got something you don't and you know you don't have it either. Come out. Come out. Thank <laughs> you. 